Hello everyone, this is Levi Gelb from the Chassidish Parsha, and you're listening to the new podcast, Chassidus, which is an explanation in English of Sefer HaMaymarim Tafrish Samaches from the Rebbe Rashab, each episode containing an explanation of one page from that Sefer with the goal to finish the entire Sefer. And at the beginning of every episode, we'll also have a synopsis of the previous episode. You'll also notice in the description for that day's episode, there'll be a short synopsis in English, and also there'll be a link there to become a monthly supporter to make this show possible. Um, please tap the link in that description or visit anchor.fm slash to become a monthly supporter. Thank you very much for listening, and I hope you enjoy. Short synopsis of the previous episode, which was Amud Chaf Base, page 22. How by Hashba, there always has to be, um, you always have to give yourself counsel, so to say. Take counsel, think about how to give over the Hashba, how to give over this intellectual idea. It has to be changed how it is by you. You have to bring it down to a lower level, change it to fit the level of the understanding of the student, to clothe it into different analogies and different explanations, so you shouldn't be able to see the same light of the intellect how it is in the, the state in the mind of the, of the teacher. Um, so Shefa in the end always changes how it is by the Mashpia. And even when you're in Tashpa Atmis, even when it's an essential Hashpa, you're giving over some of your, from your essence, like in the case of a father and a son. The father gives over from his very essence to the son, like the essence of him is found within the, the drop the, the drop of this, his seed. And that's why we see that even the, this, the sons of, of Torah scholars are not like the Torah scholars themselves. And there's a lot of reasons why it says they're not, but the, in the end, if it wasn't for all these reasons, then... Um, they wouldn't be similar to the the they ta- the sons of Torah scholars would wouldn't be there is a chance that they won't be similar to their fathers to their fathers who are Torah scholars, and the same thing we see in, in everybody that their children are not always totally similar to them, and the fact that they do give birth to something similar to them is only in the way that their intellect, intellectual capacity, and their emotions are set up. But if the son maybe won't be different. He'll look totally different. He'll act different. He'll think different. So that's what we see that even Ashpa'atis, when you're giving over from your essence, it can still, since it's Shefa, it's always going to be different from the Mashpia. But however, light is always going to be similar to the source of light. Like in this, the light of the sun, it's the, the, just like the sun itself is shiny, so to the light is going to give the ray of the sun is also going to give light, it's going to be shiny. And that's why we see that light never changes, it shines equally everywhere, whereas Shefa changes according to the type of vessel which it's enclosing in. Um, that besides the fact that it changes from how it is in the mind of the teacher is giving over that shefa, also the way that the intellectual concept, the shefa is going to be received by the student, it's always going to be according to the specific nature of his mind, and each student is going to get it and get it, get the concept in a different way. Even though it's the same exact shefa he's giving over, but each student will grasp it, understand it, in a little bit differently according to the specific nature of his of his brain. And similarly, we see by even Ashba Gashmis, a physical uh, flow of water. The water changes according to the earth, the ground, the, d- the dirt that it's going over. There's, there's, good, there's nice water and there's dirty water. And it's all dependent on the ground which is flowing on. Even though the essence of the water is not changing, you can always, you can always filter the water and make it back to its pure state. Nevertheless, the fact that it does 
receive change, is able to be changed, shows you that it's our, this is the idea of Shefa. Shefa always changes from the source of the Mashpia. And also another thing in Shefa is that there always has to be a proper vessel to receive that Shefa. Like in the intellect, if the person doesn't have a, a proper intellect, a, a developed mind enough, he's not going to be able to get it. And always according to the way of the receiver, the student is going to be the way that the Shefa has to be drawn down. Whereas light, it's, it's drawn down equally to everywhere. It doesn't need to be a specific vessel to receive it. It doesn't matter if it's shining in a, the palace of a king or in a, in a trash dump. It's always shining equally because it doesn't, it doesn't take into account the vessel because it's not enclosing it in an internal way, not relating to it to, in its specific nature. It's just shining there. Um, the sh- and the light never is changed by whatever it shines to. It always stays, stays totally pure and clean, no matter if it shines on the trash dump or on water. And so too, by Hashem, in his, in his essence, in his infinite essence, he's found everywhere, even the even in the unpure places of, of our world, and he still obviously never changes according uh, because of that. And this is all because the, the way that Hashem relates to everything is just with this more external, limited um, radiation from himself and not him himself, and therefore it doesn't affect the, his, him and his essence at all. And the reason why light is remains removed from where it shines is because light is always it's always similar to the source of light just like the source of light is totally removed the globe of the sun so too the light the ray of the sun also remains totally removed is not changed by whatever it shines into it doesn't become dirty if it shines on a trash can or it doesn't smell different uh, the, the place where it's shining doesn't matter to it at all starting at the top of gimel, three lines from the top In the parentheses, we're going to bring out, bring up a seeming contradiction to what we said before about the difference between your light and shefa. That that light never changes, whereas shefa does change. So we know that the 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 nefesh, the light, meaning the energy that extends from the soul into the body. The, the specific uh, powers of the soul, the faculties of the soul, which enclose into the specific organs and express. In the different organs, this energy of the soul, they change according to the specific organs. The, the light of the soul is expressed different ways within the eye, to give the eye the power of sight, to give the ear the power of hearing, to give the feet the power of walking. The light of the soul is changing according to the specific um, vessel, the specific, the specific limb or organ it's enclosing into. So that's seemingly a question. We said light never changes. But here we're saying that it is changing. The light of the soul is changing according to the vessel. Because when you already get to this level of the soul where it's so already contracted and descending from the essence, it's so far now from the essence of the soul, this is actually now a level of shefa, which shefa does change according to the, the vessel which we're talking about, we spoke about before. There's a higher level of the soul before it extends so far from the essence, so far from its essence and so contracted, the higher level where it's above being changed and it is just like light which is not changed and shines equally everywhere. And that's what we're going to talk about now. And the general light and energy of the soul which enlivens the body, even though this level of the soul is already called the fleshy life, it gives over the physical life compared to the actual light and the energy of the soul itself, which doesn't relate to physicality at all. It's a total spiritual entity. That even this level of, of, of energy from the soul, which gives life to the body, does not change at all. And the proof is, 
that this level of energy is in, in the whole body equally. Every part of the body is equally alive. There's no one organ you can say is less alive or a part of your body which is less alive than another. If this level of energy of the soul would change according to the specific nature of the body, the parts of the body, would also change according to different parts of the body and the different um, the different limbs and organs that whatever organ is, is less, is more coarse, would be would feel less alive, and an organ like the brain, which is a lot more refined, would be more alive. It wouldn't be equal in the whole body. But being that we do see, we feel clearly that the whole body is equally alive, we don't feel that one part of the body, one organ is less alive than another. That shows you that this is a type of light of the soul which has not changed, because it's talking about the light, the energy of the soul, before it to- becomes totally removed from its essence and becomes more relating to the specific nature of each organ. This is now this is a, a revelation from the soul itself, therefore it's so totally removed from the specific the vessels of the body, the specific organs, and therefore it shines everywhere equally, like like the characteristic of light. So before is Guf Nevertheless, even though this is a level of light which doesn't have to relate to the vessel at all, but in the end, since we're talking, in the end, the body has to be specifically prepared, fitting for the light of this human soul. The visual erpanim, because in the end, the soul is a a a level of light which encloses in an internal way becomes invested and meshed within that which it encloses into, and that's the whole idea of a soul. It's an internal energy to come to come enclosed within the body. It's not a makif, it's not an encompassing level of energy which transcends being enclosed in any vessel. So being that the the, the soul in, in general, overall, is an internal en- entity, it comes out, it always enclosed into the body in an internal way, the body has to be a proper vessel for it. And that's why the the, the human soul can act, actually end up into, into a body of an animal. Like in reincarnation, God save us, that we know the concept that if a person did certain sins in this world and he needs to fix a certain aspect of himself, then his soul can be reincarnated into different parts of creation, into an animal, into a rock, into a plant. Like if a person was too much, I've heard this story, if a person had a problem with Lush and Harda, he was, t- was talking too much about uh, negative about other people, then his soul could be reincarnated into a rock, which doesn't have the ability to speak to fix that. Uh, God, but uh, obviously, the person shouldn't have to go through that. But we see that the human soul can be forced into even to the body of an animal. But then the human aspect of the soul is totally concealed in that body. But that's because the, 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 animal, the, the animal body is not a proper vessel to express the human soul. Nevertheless, the human soul is still found there, but it's not enclosed there, it's not felt there, it's not revealed within that body. So we see in the end, even though we're talking about oy, we're talking about light, which doesn't have to, doesn't reckon with the actual vessel, doesn't take into account the vessel, shines everywhere equally. But since we're talking about a, this oy of the soul, is a generally and gen- overall a oy panimi, which encloses in an internal way, and becomes totally invested in whatever encloses. Therefore, in order for it to be expressed properly, it has to be into a proper vessel for its expression, which is only the human body. Whereas if it, when it, if it, God forbid, is reincarnated into a body of an animal or a plant or an inanimate object, it cannot be totally expressed. And even though it will be there, it will not be there in an internal way, in an expressed, revealed way.
Now we can understand, similar to all we explained before in the physical analogies of light and shefa. We'll be able to reply that now to the spiritual terms to the infinite energy of Hashem, which extends, which the energy of Hashem, which extends from Him, which is not Hashem in His essence, but still the infinite energy of Hashem. Why is it called light? Which is explained before that seemingly shefa would be a better term to describe that, because shefa is a term which doesn't have physical connotations to it; just means an influx, a flow of something. Whereas oyer means like specifically light, and it could take it could be taken in physical terms. Why do we call Hashem's infinite energy light? is to show that the, this energy which extends from Hashem is only an external ray of energy which has nothing compared to its essence, which which has nothing from his essence whatsoever. It has, it's just a totally an external contracted ray of energy which has no comparison and no importance and no no comparison whatsoever, no relationship to Hashem in his, in his essence at all. And also, the, just like we said by light from the sun, light, the light comes automatically from the sun. It's not that the sun has to work to put out that light, whereas the teacher has to work, has to prepare his class to teach his students. The light shines automatically. And so too, Hashem, the, the energy which extends from Hashem, it has this, this quality of being automatic. Now, he extends in the parentheses that obviously doesn't mean automatic in the sense where it's something that so to say, has to happen, like the sun, automatically, in this, also meaning against its will, it always, it's forced to shine. That's part of its nature. Hashem, obviously we don't say that, everything, Hashem's energy that He gives out from Himself is because He willed it, because He wanted to give that energy out. He's not forced to. But it has an a, a automatic trait to it in the sense that He doesn't have to, he, 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 could, he does that without effort, without investing His whole essence in it. Even though this energy which extends to Hashem is not, is not something which he's forced to do. Rather, the revelation of this energy is something that he wills. Nevertheless, it has this. It's just similar to the idea of being automatic in the sense that it's without effort, without him being invested in it. Similarly, is with the, the the energy which extends from the essence of the soul. That energy is also has an automatic quality to it in the sense that it's the, the essence of the soul is not invested in it. But it, obviously, the essence of the soul is not forced to shine, to enclose in all the limbs, but. It does have an automatic quality to it, being without effort. That's why we say Hashem's energy, which extends from Him, is also is just an external ray. It's called light, just like this light is an external ray from the luminary, the, the source of light. Just like just like you explained before, that light, the light which extends from the sun, doesn't change the orb of the sun, the globe of the sun at all. At all. It doesn't matter if the light shines on trash or on the greatest palace of a king. It doesn't change the sun at all, the essence at all. So too, Hashem's energy, which extends from Him, doesn't affect any change within His essence, being that is only external ray. Nevertheless, like we explained before, even though light has nothing from the essence, it's still similar to the essence. And, and that's why, just like the sun, the globe of the sun is shiny, so to the light has that quality of bringing light. It's, it's shiny. So too, the light of Hashem, even though it's just an external ray, it has nothing of its essence, 
it still has a similar qualities to the essence. Just like the essence of Hashem is totally simple without any defined definition or form or limitation, and it's also totally unlimited, this uh, Hashem and His essence, so too. So too, the divine ray of energy that extends from Hashem's essence is also without form, totally above definition, and also and also has an unlimited quality to it. So too, also, therefore, therefore, since the, even the external ray of energy is unlimited and without form, without definition, therefore, even the ener- this energy which extends, this infinite energy which extends from Hashem, even though it's just an external ray, nevertheless, this this ray, being that it has an unlimited quality to it, just like its essence, its source, therefore this ray, even the ray, the external ray, is not on the level to that it, from it should be the creation of the limited worlds that feel themselves separate from their creator. Because this this even this external ray still feels, has the same quality of the unlimited quality, the undefined quality of its essence, and its essence is still felt within it. And therefore, you cannot have a creation of limited worlds which feel the soul separate, separate from their creator from this type of energy, which is totally unlimited and has unlimited quality to it. That's why we had to have the tzimtzum, the divine contraction, the concealment of the, the infinite energy of Hashem. That the, the energy, the external ray of energy from the infinite Hashem, this, this, this which has the same quality of the essence, the, the, the infinite energy of Hashem had to be removed, so to say, from the world and absorbed back into its source. And like the language of the Kabbalah is that there, from when that when that light was removed from the worlds, there remained a void and an open space, a void of that revelation of that energy. The Haino, what does it mean in in real in spiritual terms? It means not that the light was shalom removed. Obviously, there's no such you can't apply these spatial ideas to Hashem. And Hashem is Lesas or Panimine, there's no place void of him, he's always everywhere. But now the symptom affected that this infinite light should not be felt, it should be concealed. It should feel like it's lacking. And after that, um, that huge contraction concealing the infinite energy of Hashem is drawn down a kav, which is, means a line, which means which refers to the just like a line, this is very thin and contracted, just drawing of one simple line. So too it refers to the level of energy of Hashem, which is totally contracted. And it has nothing, the same, no, no, uh, no similarity. So no similarity to this the quality of the light from before the tzimtzum. As it's known, the analogy for this type of energy, the energy of the kav, which from the idea of hair, hair that grows from a person's head. Even though the hair is drawn from the from the brain. It explains in Chassidus the hair, every hair follicle is, is hollow and it's it, it grows directly from the brain. Um, and in even though it does have that direct connection to the brain, but the level of energy which is in the hairs is totally not similar to the level of energy from the soul which extends into the limbs. Like we see when a person cuts a hair, he doesn't feel it at all because the level of, of energy from the soul which is in that is so external, so unrelated to the essence of the soul at all that it, yeah, to the extent that you don't even feel it. Whereas when a person cuts, God forbid, one of his limbs, he totally feels it because there's a lot of higher energy of the soul, more revealed level of the soul extends into that, into those limbs. So too, we can apply this to the idea of the kav, 
like the mushal, like the analogy of the hairs. Even though we're talking about an energy which is drawn down and connected to its original source from the energy of Hashem before the tzimtzum, before the contraction. But being that it's drawn down to the limited world, to create limited worlds through this contraction and concealment of the infinite energy of Hashem. Therefore, it does not have the same quality as that light from before the tzimtzum at all. To the extent that you can call it even darkness compared to the light of Hashem, the energy of Hashem, how it is before the tzimtzum, because we're now we're talking about a difference between limited energy, contracted limited energy, which feels itself a little bit separate from its source, to an unlimited energy of Hashem, which totally feels its source. So that is total darkness. Like the, There's no comparison whatsoever between these two levels of energy, even though, obviously, the energy of the Kav the line energy, the contracted energy, which is totally limited, feels its 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 original source. It's drawn down from godliness. Obviously, it's not disconnected from Hashem, or else it would not be able to give life to worlds at all. But it's so disconnected from its source that it, it doesn't feel that unlimited source anymore, and therefore it's it really contracted to the extent that it's a limited level of energy, and that's why we call it darkness. And now this level of Hashem, this level of divine energy, the kav energy, the line is on the level to that from it could be the source for creation of limited worlds. Now we return to what we said earlier in the separated between light and darkness. And the Medrash said, one of the explanations is what he separated the light to himself. And we said before, what does it mean? Obviously, a light is a creation of Hashem. He doesn't need it. To, he doesn't need it for himself. He created it. So the explanation is, He separated it from the world into himself, because this light, this level of divine energy, is too high for creation. It would not be able to be the source of creation of limited worlds. Like we were saying before, that even the external ray of light from Hashem is still has the unlimited quality, like its source, and therefore it had to be a tzimtzum, a divine contraction, concealment of that energy, to allow for creation, to allow for an, a, a lot more contracted, limited level of energy to create worlds. That's what it means. He separated that light to himself. Like we said before, that, that the Kabbalah explains it as a stalkus, at the level of Hashem, the level of that external energy he removed from creation, so to say, and it became absorbed back in its source to himself. That the light, the energy of the world comes from the light of the Kav, which is which is just an external ray, but it's not just an external ray. That, like we said, like even the light which is extended from Hashem's essence is also an external ray, nothing compared to Hashem himself. This is an external ray which says, which comes through the skipping, the jumping of the tzimtzum. Because here we're jumping, through this tzimtzum, we're jumping from infinite to finite. Now we're getting from a light which feels its, which feel, which has totally no feeling of separateness to a light now which feels, a, which can a little bit feels its own identity, it feels itself. And therefore, can create, can create worlds which also feel their own self separate from their source. So this is a, the level of the kav is a a divine energy which is so contracted that it loses to touch, so to say, with its original source. It does. It's totally not similar to that source at all, even though it's drawn down from it, and it's, it comes from that source. But it's so distant, it's so concealed from it that it cannot feel that unlimited source. And therefore, this light is so it's finite. And it feels itself separate a little bit. Um, but the divine energy from before the tzimtzum is not 
um, and not able to be sourced for the limited worlds. That's what it means that he separated unto himself, and that refers to the Tzimtzum, which this, this contracted, this ray of energy, which he said even the ray, being it's a ray from its source, it's similar to its source, it has an unlimited quality to it, therefore he had to remove it to himself. So it wouldn't be revealed within the limit. It would be concealed from the world so they should be able to feel themselves separate and there should be able to be a lower level divine energy which is so contracted it's now totally separate, from, totally different from the original quality of the light. And this is similar to another saying of the sages that Hashem saw about this, this original light of creation that the world wasn't fitting to use that light therefore he got up so to say, he got up and he hid it away. What is it's another place that explains the meaning of this saying of the sages? It means that the light was not, the world was not fitting to use it, meaning because it was too high for it to create limited worlds. That's a similar idea, or saying here that he separated the light to himself. It was so high, he was not able to create limited worlds, therefore he separated it to himself. Because it's too high for the world to create to be created from it, separated itself. He was mitzamtim. He concealed it and allowed for a more uh, limited level of divine energy that would be able to be source of the world. And now we can understand the other part of that medrashabo on this original verse. He separated the light to the tzaddikim, to the righteous ones, which we know that the Chassidus always explains that what does tzaddikim refer to? Not just not just to the tzaddikim in the simple in the, in the actual sense to, to completely righteous ones, but kulam tzaddikim that your nation is all righteous because they have mitzvahs they do they do fulfill Hashem's commandments. So and through the fulfilling of Torah mitzvahs, that means that the Hashem separated this light for the tzaddikim for the Jewish people who fulfill Torah mitzvahs and therefore our tzaddikim. They're able to draw down this light, which is transcendent, which is totally above worlds. As it's known that the ultimate purpose of fulfilling Torah mitzvahs is to draw down that infinite, the infinite, unlimited level of energy that is above the tzimtzum. That it should shine in a revealed way into the worlds, even after after the tzimtzum. Meaning that light, that ha'ara bilvad, we said before. This is obvious. It's not referring to Hashem in His very essence. Even the the the, the ray from Him, which sim- which is similar to Him, it has an unlimited quality to it. That light should shine in a revealed way within the worlds, and that is the light which Hashem, which Hashem originally separated, removed to Himself, concealed, so that the world should be able to come into existence. The world is not fitting to use that light because it's too high for it. But He separated that light for the righteous, for those who fulfill the Torah mitzvahs. Because they could draw down that light into the world in a revealed way, and that's the whole ultimate purpose of creation through Torah mitzvahs, which brings down that infinite energy of Hashem into the world and creates for Him in this world a dwelling place with even within this low world which doesn't feel itself to be connected to Hashem. And explained in other places in Chassidus that even though the world was not able to withstand that, that level of energy and was not able to create it, it was, it was not able to be a source for the limited worlds. After the worlds were already created, now they have a special power that they're able to receive that energy. As explained in other places, the reason for that, we're not going to go into it now. Another reason is also because the light which we do draw down through Terimitsis now is not, and we're not drawing it down in a revealed way. It's concealed, it's only felt in the spiritual elements of creation. It's, it, affect, it affects still the physical elements, but it's not felt by them, it's not sensed by them. So therefore, since the, this infinite energy is not felt, it can be drawn out into the, world, into the worlds right now. 
because it's not it's not being drawn down to them in a truly revealed way into all of creation. Therefore, they can they can receive that light and not become totally nullified out of existence by it. Whereas when Mashiach comes, this light's going to be totally revealed, and but there's going to be a special quality to the world to be able to receive that light and be able to still be worlds even in that huge revelation. So that's the meaning of the Hivdile Tzaddikim. He separated for the Tzaddikim, for the Jewish people that fulfill Tzaddikim Mitzvahs, they're able to draw down that original unlimited light of Hashem into creation. Stopping at the bottom of the page, Chav Gimel. Thank you everybody for listening to the new podcast, Chassidus. This is Levi Gelb. And if anyone has any questions or any thoughts or feedback, please feel free to email me at rabbigelb at gmail.com. Also, please check out my website, chassidusonline.org, and sign up for our weekly email to receive a Maimur Mavur explanation on a Maimur from Torah Lukute Torah almost every week. And there you'll also find a, an archive for all our other or older Maimarim that we've already explained on the weekly Parsha on the Yom Tovim. And also you'll notice in the description for this week's episode and for every week's episode a little link to become a monthly supporter, a partner in this uh, for this podcast. Please consider doing that. It will help greatly to allow the episodes to continue and to make them better. And you can also dedicate an episode in honor of memory of something or of a simcha. And to do that, please email, email me at rabbigelb at gmail. And we can mention that at the beginning and at the end of every of that episode. Thank you very much.